The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, beauties? This is the Bear of Texas. Welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am reporting live deep in the heart of God Bless Texas. It's once again my privilege to welcome back my good friend and my mentor in beautiful and sunny Southern California. What's going on, Steve? Well, not sunny today. Uh, we actually had a long-awaited rainstorm that finally hit, so we've got some fairly heavy rain falling, but we desperately needed it. But uh, lots to talk about. Yeah, another eventful Premier League week, and, you know, it was good for you, but for me, it was not so good. It was pretty humiliating for me. Well, I mean, shall we jump right into it? I mean, that's arguably arguably the biggest surprise of the of the EPL season so far. Yeah, um, no doubt. Man U losing at home to last place Sheffield United. I I frankly can't think of a of a game that's been more of a surprise than this one. I mean, I I don't know what happened exactly, but as far as Manchester United goes, you know, with the outcome of this game, I mean, they're still they're lucky to still be in second place because because of a result that we'll get to soon. But, you know, it, it's sad, too, because Manchester United was coming off an amazing win, you know, knocking Liverpool out of the FA Cup at home. And they go it was from, a really good yeah, game. They go from that and they, they, they suffer a humili- humiliating loss. Well, I think you also have to forget... You can't forget, too, they basically played almost back-to-back games. There was that 0-0 draw up at Anfield not that long ago, and then that very intense FA Cup game that Man U won 3-2, to two, I, you, you have to wonder, you know, perhaps were those two big games against the old enemy, uh, did that take just maybe a little bit out of the tank? Because, you know, Man U, quite frankly, they looked very flat uh, against Sheffield United. They looked flat. They were un unfocused they were you know they had chance after chance but they just could not cash it in well and you know harry Maguire, uh they he drew man U even off a really nice header off a off a corner after brian led the scoring off for sheffield united earlier on in the game and then only for man U to lose it when um uh scottish international uh burke he put a shot in that deflected off of Axel Tuanzebe and 
Sheffield and I was able to hang on for like the last 20 minutes, I want to say, of the game, and they got a very needed win. Um, so, I mean, they're still like 10 points off of uh, safety. They still have really a tremendous climb to make to try to get out of the relegation zone. But by far and away, the by far and away their biggest result of the year. And for Sheffield United, it's only their second win of the season. It is. And the fact that they're at the very bottom of the group and they beat Manchester United on the road, that was Sheffield United's first win at Old Trafford since 1973. Yeah, huge results. Um, but uh, I think right now, just with the, there's just so much that just seems to be in a state of flux right now. Uh, the only team right now that just seems to be well, there's a couple teams that have been really flying in the last few weeks, and we'll get to that. But uh, Man Man City, uh, from the blue side of Manchester, put an absolute beatdown at West Brom up in the Hawthorns. Uh, Gundogan, a German player, gets two goals for Man, for Man City. Cancelo, um, Algerian forward Mares, and uh, Raheem Sterling... Uh, so for Man City, no De Bruyne, no Aguero, no Jesus, no problem. Well, for the time being, at least. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But, but yeah, can't deny Manchester City. We talked about this. We said this would happen, but Manchester City is now on top. I mean, they had been they had climbed right to the top, and I said they were knocking on the door. Well, now it looks like they're the ones guarding the door now. I mean, Manchester United still sitting in second, but as far as Manchester United goes. You know, I think it was fun while it lasted. I don't. I don't think I see them being being in first. You know, anymore. I mean, if they do, it's probably temporary. But I. Th- I think their their shot, their chance of winning the APL, probably went from fair to probably very very slim, like very slim chance. I mean, I know it's still early, right. but boy. I think we're writing them off pretty early. I mean, remember, you know, this is just we're at game twenty. There's a couple of teams that uh, have a couple more games to play, and actually, Man City they've got a game in hand still. They still have have another game, but if you figure that if you're one of the teams that have got 20, 20 games already, that means there's still eighteen games to play. And again, you look at that top seven, forty one points for Man City, Everton sitting at thirty three. But then things get really interesting when you start looking at the European places. You know, number four. Uh, where Liverpool is sitting right now with 37 points, but uh, Everton sitting in seventh is only four point, or excuse me, yeah, they're only four points behind, and they got two games yet to play. So if Everton, if they can get two wins in those other two games, uh, they can leapfrog Liverpool and get into the get back into the top four again. Hopefully, man. As far as Man U goes, I mean, I, I can ho- only hope that they get it together. But, but going forward, I mean, the schedule is not smooth sailing because next uh, their next game on the on Saturday, in less than two days, is they're going to London to play Arsenal. But, but we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I guess anything could happen. I mean, they're going to be it's it's going to be on the road, so we'll see. Well, maybe that road magic will kick in again. But, but it'll it'll be interesting because Arsenal right now is flying, three to one win. At Southampton, goals by Pepe, Saka, Lacazette. 
And Lacazette getting the third goal, talk about taking one for the team, actually got racked big time against the post and finishing off the uh, the goal. He was down on the ground for quite a bit after that. But uh, and, and Arsenal played this game without Aubameyang yeah. and still got a very, very impressive win down on the south coast. So uh, they totally dictated play. They, they showed great pace and great speed against Southampton. So uh, this upcoming game against Man U, uh, this will be, be really interesting because Arsenal has just been climbing big time the last uh, three to four weeks. And speaking of uh, Aubameyang, uh, it's it's really it's just so hard to pronounce the name. He's actually they said that he's going to be ruled out against Manchester United because I think I think he just became a dad, or I think it's I, th- I think it's something about a, a medical emergency in the family or something like that. I'm not sure. I hadn't heard I hadn't heard the specific reason. Yeah, they just said that the, he's very likely to be ruled out, but you know so if Arsenal's got that momentum and since Manchester United has a horrible defense, Arsenal really has nothing to worry about. But anyway. Well, we really have to. Well, should we save Chelsea because of the whole situation? Should we save Chelsea for the last game to talk about this week? Sure. Okay. Sure. Because, and I know everybody knows what I'm talking about, but 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 we'll get there. But let's get to uh, Leeds at Newcastle over at Newcastle upon Tyne, England. I just I just love I just love saying the name of that city. It's, it's like this. It's like a, it's like a title in a storybook. It's an awesome city. Uh, was there back in 2015 for the Rugby World Cup. Saw Scotland play Samoa there at St. James's Park. It's a fantastic stadium, great sight lines. Uh, the Geordies, wonderful public. Uh, but Newcastle uh, had their fifth loss in a row. Leeds won 2-1 to one goals from uh, Rafinha and Harrison. And Leeds was kind of back to playing their more swashbuckling style of play. But Newcastle has definitely been dropping. They're down in 16th. Uh, they have not won in their last 11 games, all competitions put together for the Magpies. So, uh, you know, the, the noose is kind of tightening a little bit for Steve Bruce. I mean, sitting at five wins, four draws, 11 losses, 19 points, a negative 15 point differential. Yeah, that is no good. But, uh, you know, Lee, this was actually a really, really entertaining game. There was a lot of up-and-down action with this. Uh, Leeds, uh, for a team that's at 12th place, I, I got to say, though, I love Bielsa's kill-or-be-killed style of play. Uh, I mean, those kids bring it just about every match. And, uh, you know, they, yeah, they have definitely had their problems with set pieces but uh, it's it's still a really really fun team to watch, and this was actually a pretty entertaining game. As far as Leeds goes, you know, you know, we talked about this many times. You know, start off the season, you know, respectfully, and we all remember that fight they gave uh, Liverpool, but sitting at twelfth place. I, I think right now the, the main goal for Leeds is you know is to do what it takes to stay on stop in the top flight because that's what that's what they're at. This is where they want to be. They don't want to get relegated again. Well, they're at 26 points, and Fulham is sitting down there at 13 right now. So, I mean, I I think it's – I like Leeds' chances of staying up. Um, I want to say I think like the magic number for staying up, I want to say like 35 points. I want to say is usually like the magic number where 
uh, you should avoid the drop if, if you could go through the entire season. But, uh, but, but I, I think the Yorkshire men are pretty safe as far as staying up. I agree. Now we get to West Ham and Crystal Palace. You know, and much of the surprise, West Ham is now in fifth place in the Premier League. They're the highest-placed London-based club in the EPL right now. How interesting uh, is with, that? Er, with a brace for the Hammers. Uh, Dawson with a goal for the Hammers. Uh, give David Moyes mad props. Um, nobody expected West Ham to be in this area. You know, when you're talking at this point of the season, you know, just about uh, the halfway point. As far as West Ham goes, you know the super interesting part. It's it's the point that you just mentioned, or I should say, the fact that you just mentioned, the highest you know the highest rated club in London, and the fact that they're higher than the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal. I mean, that's something to, to definitely look, look to definitely look at. I mean, you can't that that can't be ignored. I mean, even Tottenham, like Tottenham's right there, right right behind them. You know, trailing by two points. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. Um... You know, it would be it would be really interesting. Um, well, I mean, if you look at these teams that are in the top seven, uh, Man City, no surprise. Man U, no surprise. Leicester, a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Liverpool, no surprise. West Ham, sitting at fifth though, is is definitely a surprise. I mean, when was the last time West Ham United was one of the best uh, teams in the EPL? The last really major bit of hardware that West Ham won um, way back, I want to say 1980. And at the time, West Ham was in the second division, and they upset Arsenal in the final of the FA Cup. So, I mean, that's the last really significant hardware that the Hammers have won. I mean, that was that was back when the great Trevor Brooking was playing for, for the Hammers. So, um, and as far as you know, winning a top-flight title, I don't have an encyclopedia in front of me, but I can't even begin to imagine when's the last time uh, West Ham won the title. I mean, the, that's just how surprising we are that right now they're currently in fifth because the last couple of years, it's just been it, to say that they've had some rough years. I mean, that's that's an understatement right there. Oh, absolutely, but. Um... But, but all credit to David Moyes. He's done a really, really good job with this squad. Absolutely. But now that brings to Everton and Leicester. Well, the result of this game kind of spared Manchester United a little bit of pain because if it wasn't for this draw, Manchester United would probably be third right now or possibly fourth. Well, actually, yeah, they would definitely be in third because of the points. But, but it's really not much difference, really, because Leicester City is just, is just trailing by one point. So there's really not much difference, but... A 1-1 tie between the two. Entertaining game. James Rodriguez, the Colombian, with a really pretty goal from 20 yards out, sweetly struck uh, to put uh, Everton and Carlo Ancelotti's men up one zip earlier on. But then in the second half, the Foxes pretty much laid siege to the Everton goal, uh, got their equalizer from uh, the Belgian Thielmans, got the equalizer for the Foxes, but very entertaining game uh, at Goodison Park. So um, so neither one of them really were able to, 
take advantage of uh, Man United's faux pas against Sheffield United. It's a shame, but uh, like I said, in Manchester United's case, I, I guess, you know, you're right. I think it's too early to rule them out, but but as far as them being, you know, a top-dominant form and being like a very useful, you know, number one team, I, I think it was kind of like, well, it was fun while it lasted. Because, you know, they, could, they still could be on top right now, but they just had to just be so sloppy against Sheffield United and get humiliated out there. I mean, it's their fault. I mean, everybody's got to take the blame. Yeah, but still, very entertaining game. Absolutely. Now that gets to, well, before we get to the main event of this week, well, not so much. I guess this is technically the main event, but as far as the subject goes, uh, the Chelsea will be the main event. But let's talk about your club. Liverpool and Tottenham, because I think we both we certainly got this wrong when we were predicting this. Well, Liverpool has been so poor for the last month, and um, I felt uh, going into Tottenham, and there were so many questions that Liverpool had. Um, extremely entertaining game today, and I mean there were there were fireworks uh, right off from the get go. Uh, Mane uh, pissed away a really beautiful chance early on, just practically almost right after the game started. Uh, San had what looked to be a goal initially in the third minute, but uh, upon VAR review, he was found to be just barely offside. I mean, it was the correct VAR call. I don't think there was any controversy about it. Um, But uh, Liverpool pretty much dominated possession in a lot of the play, but uh, Tottenham looked dangerous on the breaks. Um, really bad news, though, for Tottenham. Uh, Harry Kane injured not one but both ankles, and they're talking about him missing uh, a few weeks, maybe four to six weeks. So uh, two very, very devastating injury for Tottenham because Kane has – uh, teamed up so very well with Son this season. Um, Liverpool gets a goal right before um, halftime. Um, he gets a gets a really nice or for me, excuse me, Firmino gets a really nice feed from Mane and scores. You know the first goal that he has scored in a long, long time. Um, and then. Uh, he got a goal. Monty got a goal off a really nice Alexander Arnold cross. Uh, Tottenham also their goal was just a howitzer, just from just outside the top of the penalty arch. Um, their Dane Hoiberg hit just an absolute rifle shot that uh, Becker could do nothing about. Excuse me. Uh, and. Um, it was just uh, just a really, really solid performance from Liverpool. Uh, Alexander-Arnold gets a goal, too. So uh, the, the one bit of bad news for, for Liverpool, the one bit of bad news was uh, Joel Matip. Joel Matip uh, had a really bad ankle injury. They're talking about ligament damage Uh-oh. with this. So he's going to be out for several weeks, so... I mean, Liverpool has already, their central defense has already been hit really, really hard with uh, bad injuries to Van Dyke and Joe Gomez. And this is just something that they didn't need. I mean, they really, really need to go out and get another central defender. They actually had uh, 
Jordan Henderson was actually helping out in the back line today. Um, and I know at times Klopp has used uh, Fabinho back there on the back line. So he's he's had – the thing that's good for Klopp is he's got such a plethora of midfielders who are pretty flexible that have been willing to play back there. And in the midst of this really poor run prior to today by Liverpool, uh, defense has not been the problem. Their problem has been their inability to score goals for the past month. I mean, but still, long, it was long overdue. I mean, I think it was a 486-minute drought. Yeah, it was. It was bad, but uh, but the win, you know, helps to to right the ship a little bit. So it's it's very very good news. I mean, notwithstanding the injury from Matip, um, Tottenham losing Kendall for several weeks, that's as they're trying to claw their way back up to those top four Champions League spots. It's very, very bad news for the Spurs. Very bad news because they got a couple of important games coming up, especially in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. So... um, yeah, the only good news about Liverpool losing that really tight FA Cup game, uh, that fourth rounder against Man United, is it's it's one concern that's off the table. They don't have to worry about that anymore. So now they can just try to worry about trying to climb back up in the standings in the EPL. And then, of course, uh, next month, uh, Champions League starts back again. Definitely looking forward to that. But now we get okay. Now we get to the very interesting. It's not that the game itself is interesting, but what's interesting is that before this game, apparently Frank Lampard got the axe, and we were talking about there was a possibility that here, here you and I are talking right now. We would talk about the fact that Frank Lampard got axed, but it's not for the it's not the same the particular scenario that we imagined it in. He got sacked before the game against against Wolverhampton. Yeah, and. Um... I mean, I still think, I mean, almost every manager is going to get sacked at at one point or another in their career. I I mean, it's never 100% smooth sailing. I mean, even for the great managers. So I think he'll, I think Lampard will end up landing on his feet again. I know one of the rumors some people have talked about, you know, could he possibly go up to Glasgow Celtic uh, with all the problems that they've had with Neil Lennon up there and how far behind Glasgow Celtic is behind Rangers in the, in the Scottish premier league. But, uh, I think somebody will hire, hire Lampard. I, you know, don't write him off yet. I mean, you know, his replacement, you know, we talked about, you know, it was a matter of time before Thomas Tuchel would get, would get another job. I mean, a lot of people would say Thomas Tuchel was in line to, to take the job once, uh, once Germany fired, uh, the, their, uh, manager, I kind of forgot his name. Uh, what's his name again? Oh, you mean after he got fired, after Tuchel got fired at PSG? You mean? Yeah, but basically, say because you know the German national team's not doing well, so so rumor has it that the days of the manager there are kind of numbered. I'm sorry, his name kind of. Oh, they're oh oh they're yeah Joachim Lowe. They're, oh, Joachim they're, Lowe, okay, that that's it. There there's some discussion about that because Germany is not really the Mannschaft has been frankly kind of a shadow of themselves uh, after they won the World Cup in 2014. Um, so it's it's hard to say. Uh, it's a whole different mindset being a national team manager versus being a club manager. There's pros and cons to both. But uh, 
But I think for right now, for Tuchel, I think taking over the Chelsea job instead of taking over as national team manager of, of Germany with all the second-guessing and scrutiny that goes into that, I don't know. Uh, I, I think going into Chelsea, I don't think the expectations are going to be, frankly, that high for them. But, not really. Uh, not really. I mean, I didn't expect Tuchel to be... Well, I'm sure that he would do fine as the manager of the of the driven team, but but I, I I already I've already made this prediction. I think Joachim Lowe survives until you know I think it's the results of of the of the Euro 2021. If Germany crashed out of the group stage, yeah, he's definitely gone. But but for Tuchel to take the Chelsea job, you know, the first thing that came in mind is I mean, he's reunited with uh, with Christian Pulisic. So yeah, I mean that's you know that's that's certainly something too, but uh, very sterile. Uh, not a whole lot of excitement in that zero-zero draw with Wolves. And one pundit actually says that the hiring of Thomas Tuchel is not going to change a thing. I mean, I can't say that. I can't say that that it's tr- it's true. But the pro- the problem with with Tuchel, I mean, the problem you know with Chelsea is that you know they have that this offensive hardware, but all the investments that were made and it's done no favors so far. So, well, I mean. With the exception of Giroud, most of the frontline players for for Chelsea have just been very disappointing so far. Yeah, I mean, it's not off to a good start. You know, you, you bring them in and then they suffer a zero zero draw, you know, at home. So, I mean, it's just one game, and you know, because of the, we all know how Thomas Tuchel, how he he's able to put together these offensive scoring tactics, and and, and since you know he was he had just been hired, he, he kind of came in, you know, on a moment's notice. I, I understand he didn't have enough time to pre- prepare for this game. I mean, some people say these are all excuses, like which I understand. But the problem is, you know, it's not like you just play one game and you, there's no time to prepare. Like, no, you actually have to form together a... You got to study the opponent and, and come up, you know, the best way to, p- to put a strategy. It's, it's, it's not that simple. So I really feel like Thomas himself didn't have enough time to pre- prepare for this game. So maybe that's why it kind of ended like this. I mean, that's just, that's just <laughs> merely my opinion. Well... I mean, Chelsea's problems didn't just happen over one week. And it's not going to take one or two weeks to to solve all of Chelsea's problems. So I think, you know, let's let's see what happens. Give him him a little time and let's see what he's able to do as far as uh, tweaking the lineups and, you know, seeing seeing how the players perform for him. I mean, I I believe that, you know, since Christian Pulisic was doing well with him, you know, at Borussia Dortmund, I feel like, you know, Christian Pulisic could do well under Thomas Tuchel in Chelsea. Well, it, it's it's certainly something. Um, I mean, part of it too, though, with the forwards. I mean, the forwards at Chelsea haven't really been getting great service of the ball either. So, um, but but it's but it is intriguing getting getting Tuchel and Pulisic all back together under under the same banner again. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'm gonna say is that. Thomas Tuchel's got to understand, I mean, this is no longer Ligue 1. This is no longer the place where, you know, you have all the talent at your disposal. You can easily just run over everybody and, and, and top the and top the league. I mean, you're, you're, not, you're in the toughest, like, European league of all. You're in the EPL. I mean, it's not like you go from the minors to the majors. I mean, you're like, it's like you're out there, you, you know, you're going, you're going to the forest, you know, you're thrown into the wolves, you know, you got to fight them with a stick and, and, and a rock. It's a whole different world. EPL and League One, two different worlds, buddy. Yeah, a whole different world. That's why I would say if 
Kylian Mbappe ends up in Liverpool or Manchester City, well, that's it. That's going to be a new world for him, but it's what's best for him. But let's take a look at next week, match day 21 out of 38. Now things are starting to get more serious, but game number one, 6.30 at January 30th on Saturday. I, I, I assume that you're, you're definitely not going to get up to watch this game. I know I won't. But Everton no, at Newcastle at Goodison Park. I like Everton's chances. Newcastle's been kind of in free fall of late. Um, Everton, I suspect they should win this one fairly handily. I agree. I'm going to give them a three a three nothing win. Palace and Wolves, two teams who have been struggling a bit of late. Palace playing at home. I think I'll take Palace in this one. I'm going to go Palace one nothing. Man City hosting Sheffield United. Well, uh, no, two two miracles are not going to happen in back to back games for the Blade. No, yeah, Manchester City is is just going to pick up another big win. I think Manchester City wins four nothing. And then the relegation zo- zone battle: West Brom versus Fulham. Uh, both teams desperately are needing and wanting the three points. I'm going to take Fulham in this one. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Probably the pick of the weekend, Arsenal and Man U. Uh, I hate um, to, yeah, this one this one really stresses me out. Man U's waveform has been so phenomenal. Um, I think that they will rebound in a big way after that shocking loss to Sheffield United. I think they'll go in the Emirates, and I think Man U gets the win. Really? Uh, do you have a score prediction as well? Um, I'll say 2-1. Okay. I'm going to have to go the opposite way. I mean, I, I for sure, I'm not going to deny that Manchester, Manchester United's away form is very good, but... But Arsenal's been kind of on fire lately, and Arsenal already picked up the road win at Old Trafford. But and since Man U, you know, the defense is still you know very questionable. Manchester United has a problem, and the fact is, you know, they have all these chances, but they could not do it, especially against Sheffield. But that's been a problem all season. I think Arsenal picks up a one nothing win. Southampton Aston Villa should be interesting game. Um, this one should be wide open. Uh, Jack Grealish is having such an awesome season for Villa. He he played a tremendous game uh, in a losing effort the other day against Burnley. And um, if Pope had not had such a such a fantastic game and goal for Burnley, I think Grealish could have had a couple more goals. But uh, Southampton Villa playing on the coast. This one, I think I'm gonna. This one, I'm thinking is gonna be a draw. I agree. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Which now takes us Chelsea. to yeah, Chelsea and Burnley. I think Chelsea gets a long-awaited win in this one. I think they beat Burnley. I'm going to agree with you. And I think, uh, I think Christian Pulisic is going to play a big role in this one. Leicester City, the Foxes, host Leeds, who come down from Yorkshire. I think the Foxes continue their their good form. Again, this will be a very entertaining game, given that Leeds uh, pretty much always goes for it. 
and they're such a high energy team. But Leicester City, they played so well against Everton and were just absolutely dominant in the second half. I think the Foxes take this one at home. I agree. Give me Leicester City three to one. I'm gonna go with that. The Hammers hosting Liverpool. So at the beginning of the season, who would have thought late January West Ham and Liverpool would be playing a game with European spots on the line for both teams? People would have said that. If you and I had said that, people would have said that we are crazy. So Liverpool, they get to go back to London. I liked what I saw today. Uh, It's the most confidence, the best that Liverpool has looked. They actually played really well in a losing effort at uh, Old Trafford against Manchester United the other day. But uh, I think Liverpool gets the win at West Ham. I'm gonna go. Yeah, Liverpool picks picks it up uh, two to one though. West Ham's been kind of on fire, so I'm nice enough to give him a goal. But but I think the I think the Reds take it. Spurs minus Harry Kane have to make the trip down to the coast against Brighton. Um, tough call. Uh, Brighton can be kind of a tricky place at times, but I think Spurs pick up the three points on the road. Definitely gonna have to agree. I mean, Tottenham obviously, you know, when they were gonna play Liverpool, I mean, I really believe Tottenham thought that they were gonna be able to pull it off somehow. But Liverpool just finally decided, you know what? It's a 486 minute drought of of scoreless games in in Premier League play. You know, we we just suffered a three two loss. We were out of the FA Cup. We lost to our old nemesis Manchester United. So, so Liverpool was pretty upset about that. So they got the win, but now Tottenham's upset and. Now they they're they're licking their chops and now they want to win. But the problem is, you know, Harry Kane's out for you know, Jose Mourinho said quote a few weeks. But when you say a few weeks, usually I always say if if anybody says a few weeks, it's at least four. It's it's got to be. But if he's out four to six weeks and he's gonna miss a lot of important games, you know, Tottenham's gonna have to start picking up wins and they're gonna have to start doing it now. They can't wait for him to come back. Well, and so far with Tottenham, Bale has been kind of disappointing with his return to Spurs. So, uh, so yeah. So we'll just have to see. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Antidnet FC is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Steve, it was an honor to have you back on, and I look forward to having you back on again soon. Hey, it was good to join you again. We'll talk to you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.